Hey, everybody, and welcome to The Void, a show dedicated to filling the void between being an employee and becoming self-employed. Most people refer to starting your own company as taking the leap, as if they're blindly jumping off a cliff and into the unknown. This show is here to help you understand that it doesn't have to be that way. As always, if you like what you're hearing on the show, please do us a favor and help share The Void with somebody else who might be wanting to start their own company. We saw an opportunity to help others understand that self-employment is well within your reach, and just as our businesses have grown organically and by word of mouth, we want this show to grow the same way. So if you see somebody wanting to start their own service-based company or who has recently started their own service-based company, please do us a favor and send them a link to the show. I'm your host, Mitch Smedley, and with me as always is David Hilton. Mitch. David. What's your wife up to lately? A lot. <laughs> I just like to catch you off guard with she, weird shit. She's playing catch all. So uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Or is she still working for you, or is she fired? No, she's not fired. She's she's uh, <laughs> thinking about being she's, fired. She's champion this last <laughs> little bit. So one of our oh, shit, um, our part time girl that answers the phones. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Does she do three days or two days? I can't. Remember. Uh, I think three days a week. You've and then Daniel me. does two. I can't fucking remember. But, of course, uh, Daniel only does too. So they have a <laughs> they they have a special needs son, um, oh, and he got really really sick a couple of weeks Ugh. ago, and he's been in the ICU for like ten or twelve days. That sucks. But he came home last Wednesday. Oh, that's good. Um, and so he's he's been doing better. Good news, right? But yeah, so that that that's great there. Um, but then she's had to answer the phones it, a bunch. Yeah, so Danielle's been like doing mm. all the things. So, so you mean extra bitchy? No, no, she's been all right. Yeah, mm. she's she's pretty good. She been listening to the podcast lately? No. Are you sure? Yeah, you're good. You can say whatever <laughs> you want about her, and no, she no, won't no, hear. No, that's not what I meant. I meant, are you covering her for her because she's listening to the podcast? Oh and no, you're like oh, she's just the best ever. No, no. Okay. I know she doesn't listen to this show, <laughs> but I can't be untruthful. So my wife listens. She's yeah. like, I listen to some of them. I listen to every single one. I. It's kind of weird listening to yourself I, talk, uh, but that's how we find problems. So it is weird. So I listened to probably the first like thirty. I was over it. Yeah. It's there's too much. I can listen to like fifteen twenty minutes. The whole time I'm thinking, God, Dave, you are such a douche. Like I can't <laughs> even listen to it. You know what I mean? It's just it's awful. Oh, that's awful. What, gonna, what have you been doing this week? Nothing? I'm checking up on our... So we're, we're at 25 or 29 five-star reviews on Spotify. Nice. So we've crept up a little bit. It's still sad. You Spotify listeners are doing better. I don't have... You know, I prefer my screens uncracked, so I don't have an Apple. So I don't have Apple podcast or whatever. Look, motherfucker. <laughs> I've, got, had a, I've got an Apple 8. Does it look like it's got a cracked screen? No, but that charging cord looks like it might just disintegrate. I don't get shocked when I touch it. Thanos doesn't even have to snap for that thing to fall apart. It's fine. I've dropped that <laughs> thing off of like 12-foot ladders on the concrete. It's fine. Well, just saying. I don't know what to tell you. Hey, do you know what we should do? Give me your phone, and we'll see if you can get a cracked screen. <laughs> Let's give it here. Oh, we can crack get anything. Nah. Yeah, we can crack oh, anything. It's easy to talk shit when he wants to give up the phone. <laughs> oh, don't touch my phone. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. All right. You know, you're real tough sometimes. 
Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes I'm a big old softy. I think you're soft most of the time. Well, <laughs> if, if we really want... That's what she said. If we really want to see how soft Dave is, we can play the tape of you speaking the best man speech at my wedding. Oh, we don't want to watch <laughs> <laughs> We do not want to watch that. That was good. We'll leave that for another day. You know what? We should dig that up, though. Oh, man. I, do you think you still have a video? It's probably on beta tape. It's been a minute. <laughs> <Beta> <laughs> it's <tape>. definitely not <laughs> on CD. <laughs> no, it's definitely not on CD. So, oh, my God. What do you want to talk about today, dude? All right, we got three topics today. We got Ocean Gate. Talk about the submarine mm. shit. Mm, rich people dead. Got it. We okay. got Trolls Be Trolling. Man, they're everywhere. And then we've got How to Train Twice as Fast. You mean new guys twice as fast? Yes. How to Train New Guys. Okay. Or gals. Okay. Twice as fast. I keep walking away from my microphone. I'm sorry. Yep. There, that's fading better. in and out. Um, yeah. yeah. You, you know what? If people want to hear fade in and fade out, they should be on our one-on-one Zoom calls. There you go. That's me. No, no one can understand a word you're saying half the time. <laughs> uh, All right. So we got Ocean Gate, right? It's the big buzz. It's covering up everything. And, uh, you know, it, it brings some interesting thoughts or some interesting ideas, right? Like you got... You got four billionaires plus the captain of the ship. Wasn't it five total? So there was, so the CEO of the company, right? Which I don't know if he was piloting it. A guy and his son, and then a billionaire. So I know there was four. There may have been five. I think there's five total. Yeah, five, so, so five guests, captain, and then the the yeah the guy driving. So, uh, you know, tragedy happens. It it is what it is. Um, yeah, you don't. Yeah, a tornado rips through your town and kills some people. It's a tragedy. Right. When you get into a man-made sub and go under the ocean and it implodes, it's a tragedy. Yeah. E- even though there's risk involved, right? right. Like, you don't want to see... known risk, right? Yeah, you don't want to see people get hurt, obviously. Right. I, you know what really irritates me is... And I shouldn't say it irritates me. Like, people... Like, I've heard from a lot of people that are like, oh, you know, how is there no regulation on the sub? How is there no, how are there no checks and balance? You know what I mean? Listen, adventurers do not abide by government rules. No, that's the purpose of adventure. Yes, that's, that's how you push the limits yeah. to get there. Okay? The first subs that were ever made, I'm sure people were killed making those subs. Okay? Right. That's, that is the sense of adventure. That is the sense of danger yep. that I feel like especially people in America have lost, right? Yeah. Like people are like, oh no, the government needs to take care of me. No, you, you're responsible for your own risk factor. Right. You know what I mean? That's yeah. what makes people jump out of airplanes. Yeah. You know, that's what makes people feel alive. Right. You know, is that the fact that they could die. Yeah. Right. And I don't like, like, I don't like this whole, there should be a world government thing that people like bring up, not with this, but with other things. Well, it's, it's in international waters. So if you want to build a boat and sail out there, you can, it's okay. Yeah. If you want to build your own sub and then see how far you can go, it's okay. I don't need the government to step in and go, I don't need OSHA coming to my house and going, dude, you can't take that out. Right. Why? Well, cause I went to college and they said, it's not safe. Hey, if you like what you're hearing on The Void and you want even more info, we just started a mentorship program specifically for trades professionals to start their business or to get their business to an incredibly healthy position. So if you'd like more info, click on the link in the description of this show. Yeah. Get bent. I'm trying to do something adventurous here. If I want to die, 
it's my prerogative. Right. Right. right? It's it's no different than like people like so when you're talking risk factor and everything else, there's no regulations for climbing Everest, right? No, you can, you can go climb Everest all you want. Now there's smart ways to do it and dumb ways to do it, and you're gonna seek counsel from the guys who have done it before and the Sherpas and you know all of that stuff. But it, it, yeah, but in the same token, everyone knows the risk of going up there, right? You literally pass the dead bodies along the way, so yeah, they don't. Re- they, they don't, don't remove them. Bring them down. No, right. Because the risk there. to remove them is too too great, right? Yeah. So, uh, my, I mean, they try. Like in the off seasons, they try. But yeah, most of the time you stay there and that's where you are. Yeah. That's my, your burial ground. My wife reminds me of a quote all the time that she's like, you know, all those people dead on Everest were once highly motivated individuals. So maybe <laughs> slow down just a little bit. Maybe slow your roll, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I so, love that. Yeah. Try to remind me of that when I'm next to Danielle so I can there you give go. her a little high five. The <laughs> you know, it it is what it is. Those people like knew what they were signing up for and you know, and all of that stuff. Um the interesting things that I find with it, like I'm always looking for like the social response, right? The the social experiment that comes from it. For one, I'm amazed it hasn't gone political yet because our society has an amazing way to turn everything political. I don't know how it's, they. It's like the one thing that you're like, well, I, I mean, there's really nothing we can. I don't say know here. how they could, but like it's, it's hard to blame Trump on this one. Oh, I'm sure they're gonna find you know, a way. I'm sure they yeah. thought about it. Like, oh, we can blame Obama from 2014. Yeah. This there's is just, Nixon's fault. Yeah, there's no you can't you get oh Reagan had the deregulation in nineteen eighty two caused the sub to say, come the fuck on. Right. I just the I mean so, I get what you're saying, right? Yeah, out I mean, outside of it not going political yet, it's it's kind of interesting from the standpoint of, you know, remember and I don't know all the facts of this, but remember a couple of years ago, ten years ago maybe, there was like a, a Chilean soccer team. That was trapped in a cave. The kids. That got flooded. Yeah, the kids got trapped. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Dude, whole... Did you watch the documentary on that? No, I haven't. Or the little movie that's based but, on reality? But like the whole world rallied around saving these kids, right? Yeah. And I mean, ultimately, you go climbing around in a cave like you're assuming risk, right? Yes. And, and not to say that one life's more valuable than another or anything else, but I'm, I'm kind of surprised at how fast, because these were billionaires... I'm kind of surprised how fast the world like turned on them. Like, you know, idiots, all this money and they want to go do that and die. Like, you know, well, it, uh, not to say they deserved it or whatever. Like, no, but the, I, the memes have been like, I get it. Perspective. I'm worth, let's just pretend I'm worth $5 billion. Right. I'm not risking my life to go look at the Titanic when I'm worth five billion, this is gonna, this could be a really great debate. There's, because there are a lot of other things that I can do that are a lot safer. Yeah. That I can enjoy my life because I have this mass amount of money. Right. Like there is my risk factor when I'm worth more money is probably lower than than someone that's like me, a regular guy that's like. Yeah, who you know? If yeah. I go down there, and what I do I die, got to lose? Like I have life insurance. Well, I mean, what's it? You know, uh, what am I missing? Yeah, like you, another ten years of work, and then you maybe could go retirement. Grab a, go no. grab a meth head from Independence, and they would have signed up in a heartbeat. Yeah, right, right. Like there's a, there's a balancing act from being super poor and being super rich, and people in the middle. Like right. what they're willing to risk. Well, 
what I took from it was that it sure as heck seems like the world or a majority of society has this predisposition to billionaires. Like they don't like them, right? Now you have these kids that get trapped in a cave and the whole world rallies around them. Nobody says, well, they knew the risks when they went down there and you know, they signed the waiver and this is what you get. Listen, right? I'm going to, I'm debunking that right now because that's not apples to apples. Okay. Those were kids. And I, so they haven't, they haven't had any life. Now, if those were, if those were 30 something individuals that went down there and they were regular people, right. Then you could compare those two. Maybe. Does that make sense? Yeah. It, yeah. It, yeah. It'd be more of a real, because when kids are in danger, people, panic and they do whatever they can to help kids because kids are the next generation. Right. And they just have a tug at their heart. They're like, okay, my, my, my human goal is to protect the next generation, no matter what. Right. Right. No. And, and I totally get that. And thank God we don't have apples to apples comparisons. Right. Like, right. <laughs> these are kind of one off things. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but like, it just seemed like a lot of the a lot of the comments and a lot of the the jokes and everything else. I mean, they're including the word billionaire in the jokes, right? Like they're, you know, they're they're like, well, you know, they were a billionaire, like, like like somehow their life is worth less than other lives that are affected by tragedy, and and again, it it throws a weird element on it when you go into things and you assume the risk and everything else, but. It was just interesting to watch the reaction from it all, right? And and I'm not saying the world should like mourn the loss of it. Like a guy dies in a race car, he died doing what he loved. Like yeah, you you, you mourn the loss of the guy because you're gonna miss him and you're gonna miss his personality and everything else. But you don't feel bad for him in a way because we would all hope to go out doing what we love. You know what I mean? Yes, I I 100% know what you mean. And so I, and and I have said things like this before. Um, it's weird that you bring it up, but like, you know, when you see, um, five, I'm trying to think of a good example that won't make me sound like a complete douche. You get, you get a soccer team that dies in a plane crash. Everyone panics. You get a regular bunch of regular people that die in a plane crash. No one cares. You know what I mean? There's always this, this weird, so this is like the celebrity thing. A celebrity dies and everyone is up in arms. Oh my God, I can't believe a celebrity died. You didn't say anything about the 10 regular people that died in Chicago last week from gunfire. Right. Like their life doesn't mean any more or any less than that person's life does. Right. Like, and I, I try to say that a lot because it irritates the shit out of me. Yeah. When people are literally like, oh my God, Michael Jackson died. Whoopity fucking do. Right. Okay? Like like my buddy's grandpa died two weeks ago. Do you think that like that family is hurting any less right. than Michael Jackson's family? No. Right. And do you think that that guy, that guy wor- probably worked harder than Michael Jackson did his entire life and got no notoriety and no fame for it? Yeah. But There's- probably made more and a bigger impact on the people close to him than Michael Jackson did being the people closest to him, not society as a whole. But it's just like, yeah, there's no, there. That shit drives me nuts, man. Well, and it seems like there's a there's a funny bubble, right? Like, celebrity dies and people are up in arms, and and people are you know random. Like, celebrity dies that you've never met. Yeah, and and people are like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. 
billionaire dies that you've also never met, and you're like, idiot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's a, there's a limit to success, and as soon as you're over this certain limit, then it's like people have this predisposition to disliking super successful people. Well, it's because people are jealous and envious. And yes, you know what I mean. Yeah, like, and that eats at their at their soul. Yeah, because they are just no, you shouldn't be that way. Yeah, and, and really, what they mean is, oh shit, I wish that was me. Yeah, maybe that's what they mean. And and granted, we're only getting like I don't even. Uh, and I can't remember what it is. It's either so the difference between envy and jealousy is like envy is um, I don't want anyone to have it, and jealousy is I wish I had it. Maybe I can't remember. It's it's one of one of them's one and one of them's the other. Right. But they're basically the same thing. It's just it's so dumb. Yeah. The so dumb. The the other thing that I have a hard time wrapping my head around is I can understand the allure for successful wealthy people to go climb Everest because it's a mental and it, not only does it take significant financial resources. But it also takes significant mental and physical discipline to do that, right? And a fair bit of luck because you're waiting on weather windows and everything else. However, you still have to physically step and put one foot in front of the other. You still have to handle the altitude. You still have to handle the cold. Yeah. You, you still have to do things. So doing something like that, there's a notable feat to doing that. You know what I mean? Yes. Whereas jumping in a sub and going that deep. Yeah, you didn't in, build the sub. You didn't aren't piloting the sub. You weren't involved in the engineering. You just wrote a check and then got in it. Yeah. And and again, I'm not again, I'm I can't understate this enough. I'm not diminishing their their wealth or their or their lives. Their lives or anything else. I just don't understand a, a person of that stature, kind of what you were saying earlier. I don't understand what they are thinking? Yeah, like... Did you see the CNN thing that came out? I don't watch the news. Well, so there was actually, a, I think it was CNN, a report, like this has been months ago, on yeah. the sub. Yeah. Like they did a whole interview with people that were, had been down and were going down and they showed the sub and... Dude, it looks like a Cracker Jack box. Oh, yeah. No, I've seen the video of the like, guy kind of bragging about... It's a PS3 controller from Best Buy. Yeah. And it's like... It, but... Like, first off, if I'm a if I'm a billionaire, and I'm paying 250 and I go out to tour the sub, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, fuck off. Right. Like, why would I get in that? Right. Like, I'd no. get in James Cameron's sub before that. I I tell both of them to get bent. I'm not getting in well, like no, I'm out. Right. Like I'm not I'm not getting in your cracker jack box to go down there. Yeah, and and I mean, you know, people get duped all the time into thinking things are better or safer than they actually are, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, five inch thick carbon fiber, you know. Yeah, it's just it, it goes oh. to show that, you know, billionaires aren't as smart as they think they are. Yeah, like <laughs> Like I'm not gonna go try to be the. They're just not. I'm not gonna go try to be the the physics expert, but there's just like the risk versus reward, and and the the notoriety that would come from the end of it. I just don't see the. I don't see it. Like you don't like, see it being worth the risk of your life to say, well, I was one of 15 people to dive down a Titanic last year. Right, right. Now, like it doesn't make any sense. No, like a similar a similar comparison would be the guys that are going to like lower space 
um, with Virgin and and all of that stuff. Yeah. You know, we've done that countless times. Thousands of times we've sent aircraft to lower space. We've, but it's kind of a proven method, right? It, now it's not, kind of a proven. I mean, nothing's ever like proven, but we have a track record of doing that to a well, to an area, yeah. to to a level where you have a relative sense of security. This, no, we we, yeah, we don't do that it. often, right? I get it. You know, we know more about outer space than we do the depths of the ocean, and the reason why is because the physics to get to the bottom of the ocean is a fucking hard math problem to solve. And yeah, the pressure the pressure alone is yes. insanity. And and so that's that's where I have a hard time drawing that conclusion of like, you're not totally dumb if you're a billionaire. Right. Now I I will get I I, I will totally say that <laughs> most billionaires are not intellectual geniuses because intellectual geniuses have the ability to see all of the problems and so they avoid them, they get scared. Yeah, and most billionaires got there because they kind of ignore the possibilities of what could go wrong, and they well, it's like Bill Gates. They find their way through it, right? Like, have you seen Bill Gates? Like, he doesn't eat meat, and he looks like he's about to die. Yeah. And now they're making this fake chicken meat, yeah. and he's like, "No, this is the future. We're gonna make this fake meat, and we're all gonna eat it." Yeah. And I'm looking at him, and I'm like thinking, "Dude, if that guy ran two miles, he'd be dead in five minutes." What's the like? He'd just kill over and die. What's the movie? Don't look up, dude. Holy shit! I watched that yesterday. Did you? That movie that is so fucked up. That movie that reminds up. me of Bill Gates. Like every time I every time I see that movie and I see Bill Gates, and to me those are synonymous things. That that movie reminds me of the stupidity of people in America. Yeah, like easily it's, it's, duped. It's one hundred percent an accurate movie. Yeah, like it. It yep. was really good. I thought. Yeah, yeah. I think it was really Off well top put together. As fuck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But it like, was really good. It's, it was just an interesting social examination of how society responds when billionaires died doing something they chose to do. Yeah. Right. Now, it's a totally different ballgame. You put five billionaires in a private jet, and that private jet crashes into the mountain. You know, jets are relatively safe. Oh my God, it's a but, tragedy. But maybe it's different. I don't know. Like, it's just interesting to watch the response to the death of a billionaire. At their own choice. It is interesting. You know? It is interesting. That's the that's the interesting part about it is, like, people have this predisposition to not like successful people. But there's a certain level where they like you, but then if you get too successful, now they don't like you. Oh, and that's the, that's the envy-jealousy thing. Yeah. Like, when well, people are envious and people are jealous, and it... Oh, man, we, we could get off onto something well, ironically, super deep here. Well, ironically, it rolls us right into our second topic of Trolls Be Trolling. Right? <laughs> I was going somewhere completely different, but go ahead. So <laughs> I top. will save that for another day. All right. I will save that for another day. He was on the back of the bike starting to lean left. <laughs> yeah, Mitch is steering right. I'm steering. We just crashed. Wait, are you on the pegs or are we on like a, a two? It's a tandem. A two, okay. it's a tandem. All right. He's straight up going run. It's tandem. <laughs> He's going straight up holding on. Uh his curly hair blowing in the wind. Yeah. Watch out, bitch. No helmet. Hey, for everyone listening that's in trade winds, I still haven't cut my hair and Mitch can kiss my ass. Yeah, he's got <laughs> quite the afro going. So I'm looking for you know what? I'm looking for a different look, and I've been trying to decide what I'm gonna do for a while. Hockey hair. No, I'm not going hockey hair. Come gonna, on. So first off, Jeremy Mercado. I don't know if he still listens to this. We had a he, he was a guest on this show like when we first started out. Yeah. He goes to like a real high end. Uh, hairdresser, mm-hmm. this dude who's apparently badass. I'm thinking about going to him and being like, look, 
I'm looking for a new look. A barber barber. Barber barber. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Like, so I don't know. So I can't decide. Funny thing with haircuts. This, this isn't going to be like what you posted the other day when you're trying to get me to change my name on Facebook. I'm like not taking a vote cast. <laughs> I'm going to just decide what the fuck I want to do. Well. Yeah. I'll well. get Janine to vote on it. It doesn't matter who votes. I'll do whatever I want. I'll get Layla to vote on it. It won't matter. <laughs> really? Yes, it will not matter. Mitch, so, th- Mitch thinks that he can talk me into stuff. Like after 20 years, you'd think more than 20 years, 30 years almost, that he would know better. Nope. I'm just an idiot. Just stubborn. You're a narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Possibly. No. Uh, I think your wife and I have had some talks about so it. So I, uh, I get... Sorry, uh, I don't mean to get completely off topic. I get my hair cut at Great Clips, right? <laughs> And he crashed the bike. It's it's totally <laughs> sorry. It's totally like I mean it's thirteen dollars, right? Yeah. No, no, I guess it's it maybe a little bit more. I use maybe it's eighteen clips. eighteen bucks or I, something like that. I'm not laughing because I just I didn't expect him to say great. Clips. Well, let's be honest. Like if you want if you want your wife to my wife cuts my hair. No. She just shaves it. Like I go number two. If you want a shit haircut, just let your wife cut it. No, you don't have to pay. $13. They do good. Now I won't do go. They? I won't go to the hair place in Moore, Oklahoma. That t- when I said do leave they? the sideburns, left all the sideburns. <laughs> I won't go there. But Mitch looks like the number ten at the Great Clips. Like he's the number. He's yeah. like remember they used to have the poster. The p- he, yeah, picture the yeah. He's give me 12, that right or whatever the fuck it is. Remember when they used to have um, those books in the oh yeah room, you'd yeah flip through. and you go I want yeah. the number ten the spiky yeah. hair yeah, yeah. so. Um, you know my haircut's pretty simple. It's not all that. It's not all that difficult. So I'm no, like, getting, I'll just go to Great Clips. Yeah, and it's getting thinner. It's and, easier to cut. Just, and to be honest, most of your higher end barbers, like you have to book an appointment with them, and yeah. I can't do that. Like for some reason, I just don't have the ability to like set aside time to go get a haircut. I just go when I. It's a mental block. No, it's I just go when I have time, and if I go when I have time with a nice barber. They can't ever get me in, so I just go to Great Clips. So I got a couple of I got a couple of people there. It's like two or three that always get me, and they get it, and it works, and we're fine. But I did ask them the other day. I'm like, do you guys can you guys straight razor? And they're like, no, we're not actually barbers, and you have to be a barber to yeah, straight razor. Different certificate that costs seven yeah. more dollars and ten more hours. Forty of hours of schooling just to use a straight razor. I think it's just so that they can vet you and make sure you're not cutting fuckers throats with the straight razor. how often does that happen dude you know knows? what i mean like I nobody know. required me 40 hours of schooling to use a sawzall but yet this person wants to use a straight razor on my Ooh, neck and maybe they fucking should have maybe i don't know <laughs> i've seen of, you so, work it's because of sweeney todd out there yeah, yeah there's a bunch of crazy people with straight razors yeah it, i was just blown away at the amount of like education required to cut somebody's hair yeah i don't know man. N- not to say that i'm like <laughs> diminishing that profession because it's for sure a skill. I'm just amazed that like it's regulated like that. Yeah. So it's pretty and that, wild. And that sub could go to depths and explode and people threw a fit about yeah. it. Regulation. <laughs> All right. So trolls be trolling. Um, we posted, I posted today. Uh, for, for those that don't know, we have an event coming up on August 12th in Kansas City. If you go to tradewindsconsulting.com forward slash events, you will see a link to this. We have an event coming up on August 12th in Kansas City where we are going to uh, be bringing in a bunch of speakers and uh, talking everything trades. Um, We're not diving hardcore into trades necessarily. We're diving hardcore into business. We're we're diving hardcore into business and self-development and what you can do to 
improve where you're at. Yeah, and you know what's really cool is it's going to be like it, it's super short. So you fly in on Friday. We have a meet and greet Friday night. Yep. Okay. The the deal is all day Saturday. Yep. Dinner Saturday night. You stay in the hotel Saturday night. You go home Sunday. You only literally have to miss one day of work for a ton of great information and knowledge. Yeah. And, 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 and it's not just knowledge from us. Like you'll be hearing not just from us and the speakers, but um, there'll be time to get to know other small business owners that you can suck up knowledge from. Yeah. And if you don't even want to miss the same level. And if you don't even want to miss a day of business, you could fly in late Friday night or early Saturday morning. This place is like 10 minutes from the airport. So you could literally catch an early flight Saturday, fly in, catch the event and then fly home Saturday night. And you'd just be the one day. Yeah. And that's why I wouldn't recommend you do that because we've got like, like it's exhausting for one. Like, and that's why I did it at the place we've done it. It's at the Hilton embassy. Yep. Um, so they have free shuttle too. Yeah. To and from the airport. So the the only thing you would need to like Uber or taxi from is just if you wanted to go out to eat or go do something. Yep. Like other than that, you don't have to go anywhere. The hotel's got a fucking bar and a restaurant in it. Yep. So I mean, literally, you would never have to leave if you didn't want to. Yeah. It's it's going to be pretty cool. We've uh, we've got a, a really cool lineup of speakers that we're going to be posting here pretty soon, but. Um, We've got enough of the concrete information out that I shared a post about it on my social media this morning. Um, and, you know, the guys that follow the void and the guys that are in trade winds and, and some of the speakers and other people that have been interested in trade winds, they were reacting to it well. But I, I was surprised. I had a guy giving me a little bit of shade on, on one of the comments. And these are the forms of trolls that, that you kind of have to watch out for. So I still like this guy, and I still have a high level of respect for this guy. I'm going to assume that maybe he woke up on the wrong side of the bed or something like that. However, <laughs> these are the comments, and these are the, um, the replies, not just on social media, but in your real life too. These are the replies that you have to watch out for because they're coming from a place uh, or coming from a person that you formerly trusted or that you currently trust but then all of a sudden here comes this comment out of left field that can kind of rock your boat a little bit and so he makes some comment basically so the tickets for the the ticket price for this event's 150 bucks and if you've you know if you're listening to this show i can almost guarantee that you've never put on one of these events they're not cheap right by the time that you buy the venue at the hotel and you pay for all the food and you pay as much as you can to get the right speakers in the room and everything else, we're going to be lucky to break even. Well, in your uh, look, I, I'm in charge of all the books. By the time you pay for everyone's room that you're inviting in for to speak, yeah, and pay for the food and pay for everything, if we break even, I mean, we're like, it's we're lucky, right? Like, that's if we sell extra tickets and can break it even, we're lucky. But that's not why we're doing the event. Right. We're doing the event to add value to the Trade Wins memberships and the Trade Wins program yep. and to meet everybody and to get a sense of community yeah. you know, in the Trade Wins program, which is what the program's all about. And and to give people that are maybe considering Trade Wins to get like a little bit of exposure, right? Well, so, that's just a bonus, yeah. right? That's just a bonus. Like the real reason we're doing it is because we want to meet everyone. We want to get everyone involved and and have a community feel, which let's be honest, a lot of people in this country have forgot what that's even fucking like. Right. They don't go to church. In person. They Yeah, they don't go to church. They don't go to bars. They don't talk to anyone. They don't do anything together. Right. And so like 
that's part of the purpose of the group is to just get together and share information and share knowledge and yeah, you know, you know, gain from each other. Right. Yeah. So so this this guy, he comments and he says, hundred and fifty bucks a pop and two hundred and fifty tickets, that's twenty seven thousand dollars. You know, and, you know, I need to start selling tickets. I need to start running events and doing all this stuff. But I've always thought it's kind of a, and he used the words pyramid scheme. And he says, I would just rather read the books from the speakers than anything else. And, and immediately I know right off the get go that he, he doesn't really have a context of what it costs to put on one of these events. Right. Well, let's be honest. We're going to have, if we're lucky and have 40 people, like that would be our max. Right. Right, like so like two hundred and fifty. What I'm not renting out, right? You know, a ballroom, and, and I don't know where he came up with the two hundred and fifty. I mean, if we get, you know, to be honest, we'll probably be getting like twenty five or thirty. Yeah, twenty five to fifty is my expectation on this, but I'd love to be wrong, right? I'd love to have two hundred people in. Of course, um, we would. That's, I, be, come on, but but because our goal is to not make money with this, but to provide a great opportunity for people to get together. Um, you know, if we do get crazy ticket sales like that. We're gonna spend all that money right back on the 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 attendees of the event, and then at that point we can pay to have some big name speaker come in. You know, a lot of speakers, you're you're big big name speakers. Oh yeah, it's, you're costing five or ten thousand bucks. Uh, like like let's just go extremes. Gary Vaynerchuk okay. is a hundred and five thousand well, dollars to have speak. He's not coming to our event. <laughs> I know. I totally get that. But but what I'm saying is the guys that are really good at doing speaking yeah. at these events, they're not cheap, right? They understand their value. They yeah. understand the value of their time and everything else. Yeah. And so um, the purpose of the event's never to make money. It's to provide a great opportunity for fellowship. This is very similar. So Danielle and I put on that big tip dinner a couple of weeks ago. I mean, she and I both, she had more in time involvement than I did uh, for sure. But she and I both spent hours putting this thing together and I actually put the number, put the pen to paper. We had one guy show up that wasn't on the guest list and he never has paid for his tab. We lost $300 putting that big tip dinner together. Yeah, but it so was, that's, that wasn't the point of the big the, tip dinner. The goal of the dinner was not to put, uh, was not to make money, right? No, the, was, the goal is to di- of the dinner was to literally break even within a dollar. No, that wasn't the goal of the dinner either. Well, one of the goals was to br- like the goal was not to make money. The goal was to break even and provide an amazing experience for high caliber people to get together while also providing a great tip okay. to the wait staff. Yes, that right. was the goal of it. Right. That, that was the goal of the dinner. Right. And so, you know, we had two people show up at the event that didn't pay. One guy said, I'm paying for both of us. And then he never paid his invoice. Right. The, it was 180 bucks a person. So we lost 360 bucks on the dinner. Um, I gained $360 worth of value out of the dinner for sure. I probably gained a few thousand dollars of value out of the dinner. Yeah, so, you're, not, you're not pissing and moaning over the 360. No, no, gosh, right? no. And and I was even, as we were putting that event together, I was even coaching the attendees of that event. Like the like the, the ticket price for that event was 180 bucks, And uh, it was $80 for dinner and $100 for the tip. And so... Um, I was even coaching them like, okay, you're going to spend 180 bucks to show up at this event. You're going to be a part of a big tip dinner. However, if you fellowship properly with those around you and you talk properly with those around you and you add value to those around you, this dinner will pay for itself. You'll learn from having conversations with the people sitting next to you. 
you'll yeah. learn something that will turn into thousands of dollars in in benefit for your business. And yeah. it's only costing you 180 bucks. Yeah. So that was the purpose of that dinner. Um, same with this event here. But you'll get these sneaky trolls. And and I don't... Uh, Do you remember when we had the big long talks about haters going to hate? Yeah. Sometimes... Well, I'm not. This is not a rub your nose in the fact that you were wrong. I, this is not what this is. I need to be rubbed into that no. because I was flat ass wrong in no, that. I people, used to not believe in haters. Haters, people hate. Jealousy and envy is a real thing, and it it makes people. This is just like the sub thing. It makes people bitter, and it makes people um, say things or act like they wouldn't normally act. Right. Like just like what you're saying. This guy, you know, this guy, right? And I saw the post today, and mm-hmm. I saw what he. And I didn't respond because I thought this guy's a fucking douchebag. I mean, it, so it wasn't I'm not waste my time. Well, it wasn't hateful. No, it didn't. it was just a comment of like haters, haters, ignorance almost. Haters that haters don't have to be <clears throat> haters don't have to be um, like putting hateful speech down. Like haters can just be doubting. Yeah, like haters will doubt, and haters will always. Um, they'll just try to bring you down to their level, right? Yep. They're not necessarily hating on you, and that's what we talked about. We, you know, we've talked about this a bunch on the show. Is like when you first start out your company and you're first out on your own, and people are like, "Oh, you can't do it." That's a hater. Yeah. Like even if they have your best interest in mind, they're they're a hater. Yeah. Like that's the definition of a hater. They're the that's, sneaky ones. That's what this guy's doing. He's a sneaky hater. That's like, oh man, maybe. Maybe I thought that I'd be at that level by now, or or why didn't I think of like doing those things? Right. You know. You know what you ought to do? Maybe offer him a free fucking ticket. Yeah, I might. I mean, like, like I say, like, I'm not, dude. Like, why don't you just? Why don't you realize that we're doing this? And that's what I don't like is people are negative and they automatically go to, um, these people are trying to scam people out of money or they're trying to make money on an event. Or they're trying to make money off of people that don't have money. Like, that's not... That's Nine times out of ten, that's not the case. Right. Like, everyone is not trying to screw everyone. Right. That's the pessimistic versus optimistic that we talked about last week. Like, well, that's, and, and, you, you and it's I mean? also the the... You know, we had recently talked about when somebody calls you lucky, it's because they can't understand the amount of work it took for you to get where you're at. And so for right. them, it would have to be lucky, right? Right. Um, that's kind of the same thing. If somebody yeah, flat doesn't understand the amount of work it takes to do something, then because they can't, like, it, again, it comes from a place of innocence. Then um, this isn't, like, I'm not providing them an excuse, but because they can't understand that, the only way that they can connect those dots in their head is through some malicious activity. Because yeah. because they don't understand the amount of work it took to get there, the only way it, in their mind, the only way it could have happened is if somebody was taking advantage of somebody, right? Yeah. Um, I had a conversation with somebody the other day. Somebody somebody was saying some not so great things about somebody that I admire, and they had no proof behind what they were saying. They were just saying that I think the only way they could get there is by taking advantage of people. Hearsay. And and uh, yeah, all this random like no no context, no facts to back it up, no nothing. And I paused and I'm like, hey. Um, you know, we get in that trap a lot because we don't understand the amount of work it took to get there. And because we don't understand it, the only way that we could get there would be through some malicious activity. But until we know their story really well, 
we were we're not doing ourselves or them any favors by assuming they got there through malicious activity. Yeah, like you have to try to, like you're trying to wrap your mind around it. And yep. So the only way that you can do it is just accept the fact that somebody's screwing somebody. Right. It's weird. It's almost like you have to. It's almost like you have to convince yourself that it's horseshit. It's for it to make sense in your brain. Well, it's similar. You know I mean? it's, it's similar weird. to how people are baffled by the fact that billionaires don't pay taxes. But literally they're they're abiding by the exact same system that you and I are abiding by. You First know what off, I mean? I'm just going to say right now. Um the top 1% pays 45% of all taxes paid. Exactly. Of a, a federal tax. Okay, so don't but but it like, goes but it, it ebbs and flows. Yeah, but right? people don't and, and people don't they're like, "Well, personally, they didn't pay any." No, because their business paid 20 million. Right. So stop being a douche well, and, and being jealous and envious right. and just like the bottom I, I can't remember what the exact stat is, but it's like the bottom third of the country pays like 2% of the taxes right. that are brought in. It's like stop. Right, okay? right, right. Everyone is paying their fair share and except for the middle class. Don't get me started on that either. They're they're also <laughs> they're also using glimpses of stuff, right? Like a business could pay 10 million in taxes every year for 10 years. But then the news story gets ran on year 11 where they didn't pay any taxes. Because they lost their fucking Because they ass. lost their ass. Right. Yeah. It, or... They didn't pay taxes. What about the $100 million they paid the last 10 years? Exactly. To, right. To buy three warships so that you feel safe at night. <laughs> Why don't you just shut your ass yeah. and just you know go work at Price Chopper. I shouldn't say price chopper. Sorry, Dante. <laughs> you go work at High V, you know, and just you know try to not be great. Just yeah. try to be mundane. Okay. That, yeah, that's the that's the the law of average creeping in, right? So I always yes, try to it is. I Excellent. always try to keep a a a really open mind on like even people that I don't like but that are super successful. There are people that I don't like that are really successful, and I still have a level of respect for them. Because I know it took work to get there. And especially mm-hmm. if they've maintained that level for a long time. I may not understand the amount of work it took to get there, but I know it took work. And whether I agree with it or not, there is still a level of respect that's owed to the dedication to the work that they put in. Yeah. Look, I, I, this is something that I personally deal with that I hate myself for. Like I, Like, I get jealous and envious. Like, I see guys that... Um, that I know personally that have worked hard, but I know have not worked as hard as I've had to work, but they are at, they make more money than I do. Right. And they're at a higher level. You know, we talked about this three or four episodes ago, like their time just came before my time. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that doesn't mean that I have to like berate them and bring them down. Like I literally have to gut check myself and be like, dude, stop. Like, just because they got fortunate in this area or doesn't mean they didn't work hard. Right. Just because they didn't work as hard as you did doesn't mean that you won't get to that level. Right. So stop being a douche. I'm talking to myself here. And 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 just realize, hey, you keep on your path, you keep on your plan, and you'll get there too. Right. Right? Does that make sense? No, like, it totally does. Like I have to literally I have to literally say to myself, don't be an asshole to that guy because you're jealous of him. Right. Right. You know what I mean? I like I, I almost name dropped somebody. Yeah. I didn't want to do it. But like I just I, like I want to punch that person in the face because I don't like him 
and they haven't worked as hard as me, and they're worth three times the money that I am. But it that doesn't mean that my time's not coming. You know what I mean? It circles right back around to our predisposition to have an aversion to really successful people. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's it's that's this, why I brought it up. This natural inclination to not like successful people, and well, if, it, if you flip I, it around I and realize, that I actually really like, hate that guy. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it, it's just it's just interesting, right? Um, it's very interesting, and and I think what like the overall view of that is, um, don't let other people's success blind your own success right or your own path to success right like you can't don't let the fact that you haven't reached the level that someone else has even though you've put in more work right derive you from what you've done or derive you from like the success that you're going to have let me you know what i mean like i let me put this into perspective here for you real quick uh, that would be good. So just just today, <laughs> nine hours ago, I'm going back to this post. Uh, I posted on the Void page, uh, the top 1% net worth by age. Oh, okay. N- top 1% net worth. This isn't annual earnings. I didn't see that. So, yep. so read it to me. What is it? 25 to 29 years of age, the top 1% net worth is 80 grand. Okay. Net worth. Okay. 30 to 34. Your top 1% of net worth. In is the country or world? What are, in the country? America. Okay. 400 grand. Okay. Top 1% net worth of 30 to 34 okay. years, 400 grand. 35 to 39 is 1.25 million. Top net worth. Top 1% net worth. Okay. 40 to 44. So now we're in my age bracket. Okay. Mine top as well. One percent net worth is three point two three million. Okay, top one percent. I, I I keep reiterating that because in in the media today we throw around millions of dollars in numbers like it's nothing, right? We forget why, why we have nothing. We forget how much that is, right? Yeah. So. Um, 50 to 50, uh, well, 45 to 49 year olds, top 1% is 5.2 million, 50 to 54, it's 7.04, 55 to 59 is 8.5 million, 60 to 64 is 9.4 million and 65 plus the top 1% of net worth is 11.5 million. Okay. You know what I've noticed? Even if you're just behind on this, let's say... You are a 32-year-old man, Let me see right? Or a woman. Can I see your phone? No. I just want to look at the thing. I just want to look at, be able to look. Uh, let's I say... I'm not... Ta- I'm <laughs> let's say you're a 32-year-old. He's to, like, suck the videos off his phone or something. Let's say you're a 32-year-old, right? And let's just say at so 32, you've that? got four... I'm just... This is weird to me. Because, like, the first two, I was in. The next one, I'm not. And the next one, I'm not. Like, I've gone down. Yeah. Like, compared to that. But again, we're talking top 1%. Yeah. Right? Where did you get that from? And Um, the only reason I bring it up is because I look at that. Mitch knows me very well. I I look at that stuff on a daily. Like, I am always tracking information and numbers. Because I just like, it's not that I like math, but I like to know what's going on. Right. Like, and, And numbers tell a story, right? 
Well, the reason I shared it on the Void page was you're exactly right. Numbers tell a story. However, comparison is the thief of joy. And yes. so yes, yes, I yes. could be a 35-year-old and comparing myself and my net worth to a 45-year-old who's literally had 33% more time on this earth to amass that wealth, but yet I'm acting like I'm nobody because he's got a million more dollars than I do. Well, I wasn't going to say year to year, but I was going to say, like, so I keep, this is very interesting you brought that up. I keep track of that stuff so that I know where I really stand because when you watch media and you watch TV, you feel like you've done nothing. Because yeah. they're like, oh, if you're not Cardi B or if you're not Justin Timberlake, then you're nobody. Right. And you and, and you haven't been doing anything. You know, so so I like to keep track of the real numbers so that I know where I actually stand right. in comparison to the other real I, I almost said regular people, but I don't mean that. I mean the real people that are in this country that are actually making the money and and providing for the super rich and for everybody else. Like, if you look at the real numbers, you're doing way better than you realize you are. Yeah. Because you're not Cardi B and fuck Cardi B and fuck JT and fuck... Those people are not in the real stratosphere. They are in the point oh 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 one percent Right. Okay, when you talk about regular people and being able to retire and being able to provide for your family and have great things in America, mm -hmm. you do not have to be in the point oh 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 one percent Right. You've only got to be in the top 20. Right. The top 30. The top 40. Right. So when you look at your net worth and you're like, well, I'm only worth 500,000 and I'm 40, guess what? You're probably in the top 10%. You're fine. Right. You're okay. You're, you're fine. You're feeding your... Don't... Don't bitch when you can go to Price Chopper and buy three ribeye steaks and two twice-baked potatoes and charcoal and beer and have your friends over and eat because you're living like a fat rat. Right. But they, but, but media and um, social media specifically make you feel like you're not there. Right. You, and it, you are there. That's a lot of the reason why I've tuned a lot of the news out is because I don't like yeah. all of that shit, right? Like, I don't like... Being, I don't like being told how I should feel. And so when you tune the, the media and the news out, it allows you to kind of bring back to reality, you know, how you're actually doing rather than how you're doing compared to the ultra elite. Yeah. So um, that wasn't really in the show notes or anything else. No, but, it was really good. But that's... Now I'm it, fired it, up. <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a way to bring some perspective back to things. So... Um, when you're doing okay, watch out for the sneaky trolls. And and some of these trolls aren't intentionally trolling, but the way that their comments come off, they're absolutely trolling, right? And so um, I have no doubt that the, the guy that made that comment, I don't think he intended to be trolling. I think he was probably just making a, an honest like mental assessment of, of the thing, but he didn't put a whole lot of thought into it, right? So maybe I'll buy him a free ticket to it. Um, you never know. So, or maybe the guy that owns the company that he works for, I'll invite him to speak at the event and then he'll come anyway. So, uh, because be I, I totally could do that. That'd be a very so. interesting social <laughs> experiment. I like um, that idea. Last, I will, I will back you if you do that. Last topic.
All right, so you've newly started your company and you're trying to pinch pennies. However, you don't realize the biggest thing that's hurting you right now is not gathering all of your information into one spot and making it super efficient for you to use. So the answer is Field Pulse. It gets you off of paper tickets. It gets you off of all of that crazy office work at the end of the day and reconciling all that stuff. And it lets you organize everything with ease. It puts it all into the computer. It actually puts it all into the cloud. So it's not even putting it on your computer. And it lets you organize your customers. It lets you organize all of your service calls. Heck, it'll even route you to your service call. And the best part is, even after all of that, you'll probably realize about a 100% growth in your business just in the first year of using Field Pulse. So if you'd like to check out Field Pulse and see what great looks like, click on the link in the description of this show. Is how to train your people twice as fast. So, um, uh, You're talking about new guy, new guys. New guys. So we have this thing in our company where we only hire experienced guys. Um, and it, when I started our company, it just didn't, for me, it didn't make business sense to hire guys that need training. I wanted to get off the ground and get running quickly. And so I wanted to hire experienced guys. And so I made this rule in our company that you have to have five years of experience before you can work here. And so that way I don't have to waste time. I don't want to say waste time. I don't have to spend time training. We can just get right to the to, to the meat of the work, right? And we we added to that and we made a promise to our customers that you will never have a plumber in your home diagnosing problems that uh, does not have five, or I'm sorry, 10,000 hours of experience. We call it our 10,000 hour guarantee, which is basically five years of experience. So we, we guarantee that all of our plumbers have five years of experience and we vet that and we track record that and we get, we prove it on our end, right? So um, that helps us be uh, more uh, efficient with the customer. We're better at diagnosing things. We're better at getting the repair resolved on the first visit and all of that shit. However, prior to starting our company, I was very passionate about training new people. I'm still passionate about teaching people. That's the whole purpose of this podcast, right? It's the whole purpose of trade wins. Yeah. And so... Um, it's weird. I am too. Never thought for in a million years that I would like helping people yeah. like, get somewhere. I know you're kind of a cold-hearted dick and yet here yeah. you are helping people. It's kind of weird. I know it's weird. And then I <laughs> see the guys I see the guys in the one-on-ones and I'm like, "Dude, I get your texts." Dude, it, it, for those my, that don't know, David will text me and he'll be like, "Dude, this guy's fucking killing it. It makes me proud. I'm awesome. Like it, like it makes me feel awesome. I'm I'm so glad yeah. that he's doing good." I have no I have no idea where it comes from. Yeah. Like I I'm more lost than Mitch. I'm like, "Man, I just I more see lost that they're than doing." Me. I'm, I'm lo- wait wait I, I said that wrong like I I just I feel like it's weird it's so weird like I'll see it feels good like uh, yeah it does feel good like I'll see guys that I thought wouldn't do worth a shit and then like three weeks later in their one-on-ones they're confident and they're brimming and they're like dude I've been and they, busy and, and they did what we this. told them to do and yeah, now they're seeing the results and, and they're like, like oh my gosh and i'm like awesome. so proud of them like they're my own son and i'm like oh yeah man fucking get it and yeah. i'm like and then like we close the zoom call and i'm like what happened to me yeah like why am i this what it, you've gone soft i don't know what's happened to me you know what i've never gone soft <laughs> that's uh that's a whole different topic <laughs> So Dave, <laughs> next up, Dave will be getting sponsored by Four Hymns. Uh, no, you would be. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, off topic. Go when ahead. when you are training new people, uh, I want to let you in on a massive 
little piece of uh, uh, knowledge that I used to do to train new people. So um, in my prior life as managing of plumbing companies and training people and everything else, I, I used to have to train a lot of new guys. And so what I would do is let's say a customer called us to come work on their toilet. We would go work on the toilet. And how 99.999% of people do this is they have their new guy with them, and they're like, well, it looks like you're going to learn how to work on a toilet. And so they bring him there, and they work on the toilet. And they take that opportunity to only train the guy on the one thing that the customer called him out for. What I would do is I would tell the guy, head like, heads up, you're going to learn two things at once here. Okay. And so... Here, while I'm working on the toilet and teaching this guy how to work on the toilet, I would say, go grab a bucket out of the truck and take the P-trap off of that sink. And they would be like, what do you mean? The customer didn't ask us to work on the sink. I don't care if the customer asked us to work on it or not. Like, if we break it, I'm going to fix it, and they're going to get a free repair. But if you take the P-trap on that, off that sink, now you're going to learn how to work a P-trap and repair a toilet, and we're getting double the mileage out of the one service call. And... When the opportunity was there, I would have the guy taking apart and putting back together shit in the customer's house that they didn't ask us to do, but I would do anyway because the guy was getting training for it and I was willing to back it up if the guy screwed it up, right? Yeah. And I would even put it in my job notes. Um, you know, arrived to find a, a broken toilet. We fixed the toilet. We also used the customer's bathroom sink as a training opportunity and we replaced the P-trap. Both of these repairs are covered under warranty. One was gratis. One was at no charge, right? We're warrantying something that the customer didn't even pay for because I wanted to get the guy double the training opportunity. So <clears throat> it's a way to get your guys trained up twice as fast. You know what's weird? I didn't realize this. Like when you brought this up, like before the show, I didn't realize, like I never did any of that stuff. Right. Like ever, like never. But what I did do um, is so I would have the guys always fill out work orders, like the work order that I got. Yeah. Like instantly at the end of the job, I would say, okay, we're going to fill out this work order. Like it was always my job to do it. Mm -hmm. But I would give it to them and be like, hey, we're going to do this. Well, what do I do? We're going to write down like literally everything we did I'm, I'm going to show you how to fill it out, you know, and, and we're going to do that. And then, like, after they did that for a couple of days, I would literally, so when we called before going, I'd make them call. Right. And be like, this is how we talk. Like, you heard me talk to the customer. This is how we're doing it. I never even thought about, like, that I was training them. Right. I just thought that, hey, this is something they're going to need to know. You know, I'll have them do it. It helps me out a little bit. Yeah. And I was probably literally teaching them, like, customer service relations and didn't even realize I was doing it. Right. Well, like, here's here's the level 10 so aspect how, of that. How dumb am I? I how, didn't even know I was teaching them anything. <laughs> how, common, how common is it do we hear people say, that's not my job? Oh, every day. Every day, right? Yeah. Well, In the trades, that doesn't work. When you're, when you're teaching your guy with this method, it, it subliminally eliminates the whole, that's not my job, right? Because now... They're looking for extra work to do. They're looking. That's you good. Yeah, you that's do good this thought. long enough, and they're constantly looking for extra work to do. And this is the way I go into any customer's home. I, I intentionally look for something that I can repair in their home at no charge that doesn't cost me anything. Okay? Um, prime example. The other day, we did a whole house drain repipe for a customer. Their cast iron lines were leaking. Ugh. And did you hang white pipe? Yeah. 
Ugh. Yeah, re- repiped everything in in PVC, and in the process of doing this, <clears throat> the only economical way to make it work was we had to trade the place of their washer and dryer. So their washer used to be on the right, the dryer was on the left, what and did he do? so we had to trade the place of it. Right? Yeah, no big deal. We get all done, and I'm looking at the dryer, and the hinge for the dryer is now it's next to the washer, Duh. right? So um, it's it's one of those things, like if you, I mean, everyone in, who listens to this show's done laundry, it's nice if the hinges are on the outsides of your washer and dryer, so you can take stuff from the washer straight to the dryer, from the washer straight to the dryer, right? If you're having to like work around a door in the middle of it, it's kind of a pain in the ass. First off, if you own a front loader, you're an idiot, but okay. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> so now we're talking dryer. I'm dryers talking are still dryers are still front loaded. Talking washers. I know. You this know is exactly dry. what I'm talking about. This you is don't, dryer. Don't, don't change the subject. You know exactly what I'm talking about. This is dryer. So mm. anyway, um, mm. you know, I noticed that, and without without prompting or anything, the customer didn't even notice it yet. I'm like, it's probably 20 screws to flip that door in my head, right? It's probably going to take me like 12 to 15 minutes to flip that door. Meanwhile, the customer just paid us a couple grand to replace all their piping, right? So I'm like, hey, I just noticed something. Your dryer door, like when you open that, you're going to have to like dodge that every time you do laundry now. She's like, yeah, I kind of thought about that, but... You know, it is what it is. I got new piping and all this stuff. And I'm like, I can fix that. Let me fix that for you real fast. And so we do. And I grab my screwdriver and I pop out the six screws that run the hinge. And I pop out the 12 screws that, that hold the face on that the door is mounted to. And we move all the components over and the latch over and everything else. Flip it. Like literally 15 minutes done. Five-star review. She is ecstatic, Right. For one, it was added value that she was not expecting. Yeah, she's already paid the bill. She's already paid. Yeah, so but, it's extra. But for two, it completely defies the whole that's not my job bullshit mentality. A lot of people would have been like, that's an, that's an appliance guy's job. If she wants that, somebody else can do it. Meanwhile, they know full well that they could do it. And if it were in their, if, if it were in their own house, they would do it, right? Oh, well, help. So a lot of people are idiots, but yeah, maybe. A, another thing that I talk to our guys about is... How many times have you been going in and out of a screen door or a storm door and the shock absorber is not adjusted right? So it either takes forever to close or it slams closed. I hate it. Right. I always adjust the dial. It's fucking annoying. I always adjust it. It drives me insane. Grab a screwdriver. Adjust it, right? Half of them now you don't need a screwdriver. They're thumb wheel. Yeah, they're a thumb wheel. It drives me insane. It drives me insane. I noticed that. In like on my first trip out the door, after I've sold the work to the customer and all of this stuff, on my first trip out the door, I'll make the adjustment because I don't want to fuck with it, right? I'm all going day. in and out there yeah, 15 times or whatever. All day. Oh, it drives me insane, man. So, so then when I get done, like any value you give the customer that's extra, you have to tell them about it. Otherwise, like hidden value is of no value, right? And you don't have to be a douche about it. You just have to say, hey, I just wanted to let you know, I adjusted your thumb wheel on your door because I thought it was slamming and I didn't want it to slam, if that's how you wanted it, I will adjust it back when I leave. Right. That's all you, that's all you have to say. Yeah, you can be a little passive with it and, yeah. and, and say that. Yeah, and and they're t- going to be like, oh my gosh, like literally the last time I did this for a customer. Yeah, they're like, oh my God, we messed with that thing for three days and we couldn't ever get it to work right. The last time I did it, the customer was Every like, time. I've been bitching at my husband to do this for a year and <laughs> he's that, never yeah. done it, right? So yeah. now I'm like, oh shit, now yeah. you guys are going to get divorced. Come back later the plumber fixed the door. I can't do anything. Right. Yeah, but, but like... <laughs> 
the whole that's not my job thing, if you train yeah. your guys to do extra above and beyond what you were called for, and you literally do this from day one, well, that then it's be... just in their mindset that they will never, ever say, that's not my job, and that's not what they asked us to do. And that has to be, it doesn't have to be, but let's be honest. If, if the mentality of your business is that all the time, like even guys that you've hired that are experienced, like that, you're like, hey, look, this is how we do things. And yep. you set the example, and then you hire new guys, and you set the example. That will become how your business is run. Yeah, a hundred percent all exactly. the time. And I, I mean, let's be honest. Like, it's not going to be a hundred percent of the time. You know, guys are gonna, you know, they could do this and they do that. But the fact that the fact that they know that that's your expectation, and they do it, say they do it seventy or eighty percent of the time. Yep. You've just raised the level of your business. Yep. By just setting a great example. Yep. Yep. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Um, we're gonna cap things off. We're we're here at the end of the show, but we're gonna cap things off with a story from the field brought to you by Field Pulse. Do we have so, a story? Yeah. I thought we were out of stories. Well, I got one of my own. <laughs> so one well, of okay. one of my plumbers. I all fucking ears. Can one I of say my who plumbers. Was? Who was it? His name was Tim. Okay. Uh he were replacing all of the water lines and all of the drain lines in this old house in downtown Kansas City. Okay. Okay. And um, we've got a, a working husband and a stay at home mom scenario. And it is very difficult to not use plumbing when you're told not to use plumbing. Right. So it's because it's a hard, it's you just are so it's used to instinct, just doing it. right? Yeah. Like I can't tell you how many times I've taken a P trap off of a sink and let it go into a bowl, and then turn the and water then on immedi- to rinse it out. No, and then immediately dump the bowl into the <laughs> sink that I just took the P trap off of. Like, God, who says plumbers are stupid? I've done that. Everybody, I've done that a lot, right? So anyway, oh, poor we bitch. we replace the water lines in this customer's home, and then we start working on the drain lines, and we let them know, hey, your water's back on, but don't flush any toilets, don't use anything, because we got your drain lines open. And There's always one. down in the basement, and all of a sudden, you hear it, right? Drain lines echo really well, so oh, yeah. you, you can hear it for you a few the, seconds before, and you're kind of wondering where it's coming from for a second. Well, next thing you know, Tim gets flushed on. And it was a number two. <laughs> and so he's he's a little surprised. He's a little like taken aback. Did he have his mouth open? The customer <laughs> the customer beat it downstairs. Like they flushed it and were like, they, oh shit. They flushed and then the moment they hit the handle, they realized they weren't supposed to do that. So they start running downstairs. And about Bottom on the way. Yeah. <laughs> a, <laughs> yeah. About the time the customer comes around the corner, here it comes, and Tim's gotten his face away from the pipe, but it landed square on his bald head, (laughs) and he got got plastered. And so he's, she's mortified, you know, she is just, as you can imagine, she is just- She's like, I just shit on this guy's face. Absolutely mortified, And, and Tim- yeah, we're plumbers. We're used to being gross and everything else. So Tim's trying to calm her down and tell her like it's no big deal. It's fine. He's trying to use sign language because he doesn't want to open his mouth. She He's got <laughs> she got so mortified. She she just shut up and ran. She left in yeah, like she got in crying. her car and left. <laughs> she, you know, fight or flight, and she chose flight. Right. So 
Tim, Tim's like, I don't even, like, it wasn't that bad. I don't even know what she was freaking out about. Like he's looking for the turd. I don't even see it. Two, out, two hours later, he takes a peep in the mirror, and he's got a turd sitting on his head. <laughs> That's why she was mortified. Yeah. So she, like, he's, imagine, he's sitting there saying, it's okay, it's no big deal. She's looking at him with a fresh turd sitting right on the top of his head. A fresh... Yeah, still warm. <laughs> still warm. <laughs> Body temperature. Didn't Poor even know it was Tim. there. Yeah. Poor Tim. Did, so, you give, did he get an extra spiff from that job? Nope. You nope. should have. I probably should have. First ha- off, hazard pay or something. First off, if, if any, there should be, in the price book, there should be literally a thing that says, if you get a poop turd on your head... You get an extra fifty. If you bucks. get shit on, you get fifty. You bucks. get <laughs> you get fifty bucks if you get shit on. Get a bunch of guys who are like, oh, I need that spiff. Yeah, opening drains above it, their head. Yeah, they'll be throwing shit at each other if I pay oh them for it. God. <laughs> so you Man. never know what you're gonna run into with uh, working with customers. <laughs> so. But just know that if, if one gets mortified enough, they will get in their car oh, and leave because they're so embarrassed. Oh, my God. It's awful. So uh, great way to wrap up the show. Until next week, guys, we will see you later. Oh, Have man. a great week. Love you guys. <laughs>